Father Stephen Rossetti is a psychologist as well as an ordained priest. I just finished a book of his entitled The Joy of Priesthood. In that book, he tells a story about himself that ties in well, I think, with the message of today's Gospel text from Luke chapter 10. Several years ago, Father Rossetti visited a Carthusian monastery in nearby Vermont. The Carthusians are members of a very strict religious order. The order was founded in France in the 11th century by Saint Bruno. Carthusians are definitely not what you would call spiritual wimps. They live an ordered, disciplined, prayerful life. They wear hair shirts. If you've never worn one, I don't recommend it. <laughs> it's designed to be uncomfortable. It's designed to help you do penance. They sleep on beds made of straw. They don't eat meat. To a great extent, they live like hermits. And they eat only one meal a day. Now you know why I'm not a Carthusian. <laughs> Although he happens to be a diocesan priest like yours truly, Father Rossetti received special permission to stay in this monastery in Vermont for several months. During that time, he never left the grounds. When his stay with the Carthusians was over, he left, walked down the mountain on which the monastery is built, and he got on a bus, a city bus, out of town. It was at that moment that he noticed something, something that he probably would not have noticed prior to his stay with these Carthusians. Here's how he describes the event in his book. As I sat there among the people, I was struck and astounded by the amount of sadness on that bus. I thought to myself, these people are incredibly sad. I wonder what happened to make them all so sad. Since the Carthusians do not read newspapers, listen to the radio, or watch television, I have been cut off from news of the outside world. I figured something terrible must have happened while I was up on the mountain. But after a few moments, the truth came to me. Nothing happened to these people. These people are always this sad. But I did not know it until I had experienced true joy. Their 11th century founder, St. Bruno, spoke of the Carthusian life as peace unknown to the world and joy in the Holy Spirit. So what's the message here, that we should all go off to Vermont and join the Carthusians? No, not necessarily, although there might be a few people in this church whom God is calling to that particular vocation. That's possible. Rather, the message of this story is that if we know what is good for us, we will make a special place for Mary in our lives. And here I'm not talking about Mary, our Blessed Mother, although we should definitely make a special central place for her in our lives. 
I'm talking about Mary of Bethany, the Mary we heard about in that Gospel text from Luke 10. Mary, the sister of Martha, the sister of Lazarus, all of whom were good friends with Jesus. By the way, the kind of scene that we heard about in today's Gospel, I'm sure that was repeated many times during our Lord's ministry. Jesus was good friends with Lazarus, Martha, and Mary. Bethany was very close to Jerusalem. I am sure he visited their house quite often. We need to make a place for Mary of Bethany in our lives. And what does that mean, practically speaking? Practically speaking, it means we need all of us to take daily personal prayer seriously, very seriously, like those Carthusians do. In today's Gospel scene, Jesus commends Mary of Bethany for choosing the quote-unquote better part. He commends her, in other words, for taking the time to sit at his feet and listen to his words. Now notice something, and this is important for understanding the text. He does not call Mary's choice to pray the only part. As if what Martha was doing, as if Martha's work was bad or unnecessary. Rather, he calls it the better part. Signifying that daily personal prayer, sitting at his feet, so to speak, is something that should have a certain priority in our lives. In her frenzy, in her concern to provide for Jesus' physical needs and get all the household chores done, Martha was a lot like the people on that bus in Vermont, was she not? She had no peace. And because she had no peace, she had no joy. She was full of anxiety, full of worry. By the way, can you imagine what Martha would be like today? in the world of 2007? In between the cooking and the cleaning and the hospitality, now she'd have to worry about answering the telephone, checking her text messages, and going to her computer to download her emails. She'd really go crazy. On some level, of course, we can all relate to Martha, since we all have daily responsibilities that occupy a great deal of our time. It's normal for all of us. The problem comes when we can relate to Martha too much. And that can easily happen, as we all know. We can get unfocused. I've had a lot of conversations with Catholics over the years, in the confessional and out of the confessional. From those conversations, I've come to realize that most Catholics understand the importance of daily prayer. They'll say amen to it. They know that if they don't work at their prayer lives, their relationship with God will weaken over time. You young people who went to Steubenville East last weekend, make sure you hear this and understand it. You may have had a great, powerful experience of Jesus Christ, of the Holy Spirit, last weekend. That's wonderful. Your relationship with the Lord will not grow and develop without a disciplined prayer life of some kind. 
You can't rely on what happened last weekend to carry you through the rest of your life, no matter how good it was. But even though most Catholics know that it's important to have a consistent, disciplined, ordered prayer life, it's been my experience, at least, that relatively few of them actually act on that knowledge. I can't tell you how often I've heard this line, Father Ray, I really know I should pray more often, but... And after the but comes the Martha-like excuse. Father Ray, I know I should pray more often, but I really work a lot. Father Ray, I know I should pray more often, but everybody in the family relies on me. They're always looking to me. Father Ray, I know I should pray more, but I've just got too many things to do during the day. There's an old saying, you've probably heard it before. If you're too busy to pray, you're too busy. There's another old saying that applies here. Where there's a will, there's a way. If daily prayer is really a priority for you, then believe me, you'll find some way to integrate it into your life. It may not be easy, but you'll do it. If you have to, you'll get really creative, as some people do. For example, I know people who will keep the radio off on their way to work every day. Can you imagine that? <laughs> no noise. And what they'll do is they'll pray the rosary. Because they know they won't get their rosary in unless they do that. They get creative. Some make the decision to listen to Christian music while they're working out, while they're running. They'll do two things at once. A little prayerful reflection, a little exercise. Good for the body, good for the soul. Or they'll put their Bible on their nightstand so they remember to read it. A little passage in the morning, a little passage before they go to bed at night. They'll do things like this. They'll devise some other clever ways to pray in the midst of their hectic schedules. Of course, it's much better when you can pray in front of the Blessed Sacrament, here in church, or in some other quiet place for an extended period of time. That is the better way to go, if you can. Because then it's a lot easier to focus. And it's a lot easier to listen. Because lest we forget, prayer involves not only talking, it involves listening. Prayer is a relational activity. And relational activities involve giving and taking, talking and listening. If your friends only listened to you talk and never said anything, they would be bored to death, I'm sure, and they wouldn't like it very much, and your relationship would not be very strong with them. Same is true with our, with our relationship to God. We need to learn to listen. And let me tell you, I need practice myself, because I'm guilty, as guilty as anyone of talking too much to the Lord when I pray. We need to learn to listen. It's much easier to do that in a quiet place, in church, in a quiet room, in your own home. But we have to understand, even when finding that quiet, peaceful place is impossible for us, 
Prayer in some form is possible. Where there's a will, there's a way. Now some of you may be thinking, well, that's definitely my situation, Father Ray, with my crazy lifestyle, with my crazy, hectic schedule, I definitely need to get creative in my prayer life. Not so fast. Before you come to the conclusion that you are much too busy to have a regular prayer time in a quiet place every day, 15 minutes or more, I'd ask you to do something. I challenge you to do something. I challenge you to take a good, hard, honest look at the way you budget your time. One way to do that is to keep a careful record for a couple of days of all your activities. Everything you do, from the moment you get up in the morning to the moment you put your head on the pillow at night. Do that. I challenge you. Do you know what most people discover when they do something like this? They discover that they actually have a lot more time, free time, than they thought they had. In fact, many of them come to the realization that they waste huge amounts of time every day. Gee, Father Ray, I never realized how much television I watch. When I tabulated everything, it's three hours a day. Father Ray, I didn't know that I spent so much time talking on the phone, text messaging my friends, playing those mindless video games. Wow, Father Ray, I wasn't aware of the fact that I spend so much of my time just sitting around doing nothing. Take the challenge. See what you discover. The Lord's message to us at this Mass is very simple and it's very clear. Make room for prayer. Make a special place for Mary of Bethany in your life. And if you need any added final incentive to follow this instruction from the Lord and to get serious about your personal prayer life, I would ask you to just think of those people on that bus in Vermont. Do you really want to go through life like them? I certainly don't.